Well, welcome to Your Story with Melinda. And I just finished an amazing conversation with Kevin Makins, my guest. He's a podcaster, a blogger, a YouTuber, a one-man talk shower, a pastor, a father, a husband, and a really cool and authentic Christian. He bridges the gap between the secular and the sacred. And he shares with me about why and how Jesus loves us, that it doesn't have to be earned. You don't have to do anything to get and receive his love. You just have to be. We also talk about the importance of community, that you can't do life alone, that you need a church, you need your tribe to be with you. You're not going to want to miss this show. So great to have you in the studio. Finally, yeah. I, I was just saying before the show that I've heard of you, but have never met you, and this is the first time. First interaction. So welcome. <laughs> We've been chatting for like know, 30 exactly. minutes. Exactly. Now I really know you. Now we actually have to do the yeah, real show. Let's get into it. Okay. We're <laughs> going to start off because you have a lot of titles and a lot of roles in your life. Too many. So this is called Best and Worst. And okay. so I'm just going to, I'm going to say like a title of, of what you do. Okay. And they're going to tell me the best mm-hmm. and the worst. Nice and short. The don't go, don't go into it. long sermons. Just like the best what? and worst about okay. it. Okay. All right. Ready? All right. All right, best and worst, you being a podcaster. Uh, Best, getting to meet people that I really respected. Okay. Worst, uh, not being able to maintain it because I didn't care anymore. (laughs) Good point. That is the worst. No, I just got, I just got, I get bored. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Uh, Blogger. Blogger. Uh, Best, not having to shoot a video after you write the script. Okay. Worst, uh... Not being able to have anything like organized. They just all, I blog on like Facebook and Instagram and then they get lost to time and space. I'm seeing a theme already on two I things. I know. Okay. When we get to church, I'm a better okay. pastor than <laughs> the rest of these things. Okay, ready? YouTuber. Best YouTuber. and worst. Best, getting to try and do creative things, getting to just play with the medium. You get to do so many different kind of things. Mm-hmm. Worst, my upload speeds are really slow, so I have to run them overnight. Oh, yeah. yeah that is bad. I know. Okay. Um, best and worst of being. A one-man talk show slash, slash sermon guy slash entertainer slash comedian. <laughs> Poor comedian if I'm going that way. <laughs> no, but, you're pretty funny. Uh, okay, best was getting to talk in a room with people. Oh, my goodness. There's yeah, nothing more cool. fun. This will be not church sermons, but just like rest of talks. Yeah. Sitting in a room with people, doing stuff, and then engaging afterwards. Yeah, love that. Best. Worst, some of the nights bombed. And like nobody thought it was funny and nobody thought it was interesting. And I, I really? very short story. I was, no, no, go, I was go, go. Okay, minutes, okay. I was 20 minutes into a talk. And there's this moment where I thought everyone would have like levity and laugh. Mm-hmm. And then I did the big part and no one laughed at all. And I went, uh-oh, uh, no one's going to laugh. No one's going to be engaged in this. Yeah. And the only way out is to talk for another 60 minutes. <laughs> the only way to get out of this mess is to stand in front of these 45 people yeah. and talk for 60 more oh. minutes before then we did the tour on bike. Biking tomorrow for nine hours and probably bombing again. Yeah. So that was the worst. That is the worst. But it was also now it's kind of the best because it's yeah. a great story. Yeah, it is a great story. That's yeah. true. Okay. Best and worst, being a pastor. Oh, best is being in a real place with a group of people for the long mm. haul. Like we have That's a real good. community church. Mm-hmm. People know each other. Almost everybody lives within like a five, six kilometer stretch. People are wound into each other's lives. The best. And they're the best people. They're, I love my church. The worst part of it is email. I just hate email. It's the bane <laughs> of my existence. Well, I, like I, email as in just people like, writing to you? Just, and no, just, just like 
If you want to sit down uh, with somebody from church, yeah. you've got to first communicate and schedule. Right. And so if I sit down with a bunch of people in a week, that's a bunch of emails. And every meeting's an email. Every, I just can't do it. I'm terrible at it. I'm getting better. I've learned to survive. Okay. But at a certain point, we hired another pastor who just brings order to chaos, which okay. means I get to run around and set things on fire. <laughs> Which is my spiritual gift. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you use the phone Shout out more to now? Pastor Jill. She's yeah. the best. Do you use the phone more? I'll use the phone 100%. Okay. I actually tell people, if you actually need me, Wait, phone, phone me. Because I can then just like blab for yes. a while and you can find the answer somewhere. Do you somewhere know how hard it is when I'm trying to write something long and text it and then with oh. autocorrect and I'm like, why didn't I just call? Yeah, it's I'm terrible. Like, that's so silly. That's I grip dumb. my teeth. I get all stressed know, about too. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just, I'm like, Siri, send Siri, off send my it. message. It's, yeah. And Siri isn't good for me either. She's I think I need enough. to, I know. Okay. That's actually a worst one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best and worst being a father. Oh, best is, have you met, you haven't met my daughter. No, I but I've, you I've seen, no, I've seen her. She's amazing. I've seen her online. Being a dad's incredible. Mm-hmm. I never knew how good it was going to be. So best is like playing with my daughter. Thursdays are my, af- my afternoon on Thursdays is my Aww. time with her. And we like bake and we go get like really? donuts and oh, we go for walks. Okay, that's, that's best. Yeah. The worst is like you touch a lot of poop. You just end up touching literal poop often. <laughs> and, and that would gross me out. And it, it did. I thought it would. And then you have a kid and suddenly you're just like, yeah, poop on your hands. You're like, I'm a father. Yeah. Like you just kind of roll with it. And it just sort of like sits on you. It's okay. Yeah. Like I've, I've discovered poop <laughs> hours later in between fingertips. And I've been like, this is never, I never thought I'd get here. It's a It hor- would like, it sounds horrible before but then it's actually it's happening it's like a sign of love now i see it and i'm like i "I miss her like when i see the poop i I think i miss her (laughs) so that's the worst all right best and worst being a husband oh my gosh my wife is incredible i i mean as a theme here i only surround myself with people that i really enjoy i enjoy my wife and my wife is the best thing that's just ever happened to me um we laugh a lot. Like we are just constantly laughing. We live with three housemates as well. So we have this full house of energy with our Amazing. baby and three housemates. And and then her and I just retreat up to the loft. And while the baby sleeps <laughs> just across the room, we just giggle and laugh. And like oh, we have awesome. the best time. The worst is that I'm just, I'm sometimes just bad at being a husband. Like I'm doing my best, but <laughs> like. Nothing will expose your failures like having somebody who sees everything you do and then gets to totally. like comment on it. So she'll – it's also the best because she yeah. helps me be a better person. Yeah. But that means first she has to witness how dumb I can yeah. be and then she has to say like, here's a better way that oh, you that, could do that. That's gracious of her. Oh, she's so gracious. Yeah, marriage does bring out the worst. And I think it, it, and then being exposed and having somebody know everything, you're like, shoot. Yeah, it's I like can't manage hide and fronted. To everybody else, but yeah. not you. Yeah. If there's any Enneagram listeners, I'm an Enneagram three, oh. which is like I need to appear like I've got it together. I'm which told is I'm why a seven. I, I look like I'm so together. You're definitely a seven. Really? You think so? Yeah, I've been told. I haven't done it, but I've been told the, like, I'm a the seven. Need to have fun. Like, oh, okay. You're just yeah. So this, you already were like ranting about great stories <laughs> with me. So yes, I am. Sevens are great. Most of my best friends are sevens. Really? They're just fun to be around. <laughs> and finally, best and worst of being a Christian. The best thing about being a Christian, boy, that's a big statement. Mm -hmm. Um, There is, for me, and I'll just say today's best, I don't want to, don't quote me, um, being a part of a much longer, much deeper, much richer story that constantly tells me that I'm wrong about the way I view the world Mm -hmm. and invites me into a better way, like, that's amazing and and very, at times difficult, but so rewarding that, like, the fact that my life isn't a, the sum total of my best ideas is a really good thing because my best ideas have a shelf life of, of about a week. And so being a part of something richer, deeper, that is rooting me to a God who has moved through history for, for 
since the dawn of creation. You yeah. know, that's a good thing. Yeah, the awesome. worst is that God is just constantly messing with my plans. And he doesn't seem to understand <laughs> I have a way that we're going here. Yeah. And he keeps, like, throwing all these curveballs in. And, Don't you and, hate that? And then he's like, just trust me. I'm like, when will you understand? I, I yeah. can't. Like, yeah. I, this is so hard every time. And then when it happens, you're like, oh. Like, I'll good. never doubt again. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. You, good move. Good, and then good it, immediately I'm like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> this is my life. God just drags my butt everywhere he wants me to go, and I kick and scream, and he just graciously delivers me to the next place. He's really that great. And I speak of it that way because, you know, through all of my years as a follower of Jesus, you know, it it really is a relational, like, relationship in the sense of, like, I talk to him that way. Some people think it's really weird or odd, but I really do. I talk to him. I get angry. And there are moments, like, the past a while, I'm like, you are really amazing. Yeah. I, I, as I look at my life, I look back, I'm like, so much of it makes sense now. Yeah, like, I'm not being cute when I no. say he's dragging me. Like, it's, yeah. it feels like that, but it's it's better. It's better to be dragged to a good place yeah. than to wander my comfortable way into a bad place. Amazing. Yeah. You know, Kevin, you have so many roles. There are so many things we went through, best and worst. Yeah, I mean, I've quit a couple of them. <laughs> One, no, two, three, four, five, six, I seven, eight. I wear a number eight. of yeah, hats. You wear a number of hats. Yeah. Um, why? Like, what's your why? I think that's such that's a, good a good question. question. What is your why? Lots of roles, lots of things you do, yeah. but why? Okay, so some things I do, here, here's my best answer, kind of shooting from the hip here. Some things I do are things that, that deeply matter to me, and there's a level of, like, commitment and fidelity to them. Mm-hmm. So so my wife, like, I'm, I like new things. I don't want a new wife. <laughs> Right? I like new projects. I like innovating. Uh, if you're into christian stuff, I, I'm apostolic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like trying new things. My wife, I, I don't need a new wife. I yeah. love my, my wife as yeah. is. Um, my daughter, I love. And my church. I'm, I'm very f- faithful. I have a lot of fidelity to Eucharist, my church, and to my city, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I don't plan on going anywhere. So that means for somebody who's highly um, into starting new things and yeah. highly into innovation and experimentation – you can only drag your wife, your child, or your church into so many experiments with you before they say, like, hey, we need to just settle somewhere. Yeah. So so part of this for me is, is my church has said, you can take some space and some time and, and mental energy to try new things. And I have commitments within that church that I really honor and I, I preach and I meet with people and pastor mm-hmm. and I have a, a team I work with and that's awesome. But then they say, okay, go make some YouTube videos. Go do a tour. You know, when I did the tour, they said, take two weeks off and, and go on this Great. tour. We bless you to do it because that's like a release valve, like a steam release mm-hmm. valve to go try entrepreneurial and, and innovative projects. Yeah. And they always feed back into our community in some way or, or form. But also it gives our community a chance to, well, I get to go share what we've learned. Yeah. So all these things, uh, YouTube and, and tours, if they're not sharing something we're living, then they're fake. So mm-hmm. I don't want to just have ideas. Yeah. These are coming out of Hamilton, a particular geographical stretch with particular people who keep me accountable and who I do life with. Yeah. And so then having some kind of release valve, steam release valve, to go and share these stories with other people and hopefully inspire people yeah. to do their own thing in their own cities or their own countries or their own families, that's really exciting for me. So what are you sharing? What are you sharing that gets you out of the church that your church supports because they believe it's so important that you go and share this. Hmm. What's the message? I think the message is that the message is that like God isn't done with us yet. Like especially mm-hmm. in Canada, like we live in this yeah. super post-Christian culture. And yeah. what we found is when you uh, let people come to church as is, when you make space for them to be honest, 
when you tell them that they're part of an old faith tradition that they have to honor and be a part of, when you give them space to live in lives of community together, like when you just do a couple of these things, Mm -hmm. you get all this life. You just, all of a sudden this fruit starts shooting up and you go, oh my goodness, when we are honest that the Bible is weird at points. Very weird. Very weird at points. Mm -hmm. Sometimes once you say that, you're suddenly like, oh my goodness, well now that we've named how uncomfortable it can make us, what is there in the Bible? And then you dig in and you go, oh my goodness, this is so inspired. This is so, this is so engaging. This is so authoritative in my life now that I've just named the weirdness. (laughs) Or you say to somebody, it's okay that you have doubts about faith, that faith and doubt, they're they're dance partners in life. They're not, one doesn't swallow the other one up. Um, So how do you walk through your doubts so that you can live a life of faithful trust? So, So just some of these things we're learning you know, what if you lived with with other people? What if you lived in communities? And what if church isn't a show on Sunday, but is a community mm-hmm. of people shaping their life to be more like Jesus together? And that means you're going to hurt each other yeah. and you're going to disappoint each other and you're going to have to forgive each other. You know, sharing that suddenly suddenly church becomes meaningful again. So that's the response, right? I think, and yeah. I, I say this because, you know, growing up as a Gen Xer, you know, church was always sort of that moment on a Sunday. Yeah. And you could have a, it could be boring a lot of the time. It could be uncomfortable. It didn't seem relatable. And that's what we grew up with. So it it makes sense now that I have a number of friends and people I know that don't go to church, that aren't engaged with God in the way they used to be. And and it's been really sad. It's actually been heartbreaking. But the way you talk about community, that resonates. I can see how people can be so attracted to that. Well, I mean, and and not to say it's just community. It's a Christian community. There's a faith to it. But the community is central to what it is. Like if if church is a show you go to on Sunday, there are better shows. Like, sorry, rock band, you're not that good. And preacher, hey, you might think that you're funny, but we don't. And that's what people in my church say to me. Like if church (laughs) can be Cirque du Soleil, Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Yes, and please. if it's Dave Chappelle preaching, <laughs> like, then great. That's a new thing we can have. We can have Cirque du Soleil behind Dave, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I dream of what the church could be. Like you can find you can find better biblical lectures. If you wanna if you're looking for the Bible, go on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There are podcasts, endless podcasts. Yes, there are. Um, there are better bands. If you want worship music, there's better worship music. If you want more beautiful music, there's more of that. Yeah. I mean, you used to compete in your town. To have the best Sunday show. Yeah. Now you've no. got a globalization. Yeah. And so as soon as we start thinking our church is going to be this amazing thing, that the music's going to be Hillsong music or whatever it is, mm. we've missed the point. Mm. All that stuff is fine. It's just not church. Church is a group of people coming together to live life together in the way of Jesus. And so... Our expectation should be when we get together, we're going to sing. We're going to hear each other sing. We're going to sing together. We're going to sing songs that we've written. We're going to sing songs that we've borrowed. Mm -hmm. We're going to listen to a preacher, and they don't have to be spectacular, but she's going to tell us what is happening in our city, what's happening in our Mm -hmm. lives. She knows us. We know her. Right? That's suddenly a sermon. That's not a great biblical lecture or Dave Chappelle being hilarious. Mm -hmm. That's an actual sermon. And so once we break down this consumerism, that, that your generation, my generation, we've been raised in this consumerism, yeah. and we get back to life on life, uh, that's the goal of the mm. church, then suddenly you get all this life. You get all this fruit. And you get people, we get people that come, and they're like, that wasn't very good. And I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> like, I think every couple of months, church should suck. Church should just be that's a cool. bomb. It should just, the music should be awful. <laughs> 
somebody's up there with their triangle and the sermon should be irrelevant. You know that somebody listening is like, yes, I'm going to tell everybody that even though I did so bad at church the other day. Honestly. It's awesome. Like, don't try to make church suck, but <laughs> but it should sometimes to remind us it's not a show. So we have, oh, that's good. We have spaces. We, we let people write up prayers of the people. And some of the prayers are just weird prayers. <laughs> we let the kids dance up front. And it's, sometimes it's a little distracting, but at least it's a reminder we're a group of people here to receive communion and, and to be shaped in a Christ-like life together. Amazing. And so being able to share stuff like that, yeah, like it's just so, so exciting. And then makes you recognize, hey, something God's doing something good here. Yeah. And so you actually end up being thrown back into the local in a really beautiful way as well. You know, Kevin, that's really inspiring. And I I think we need to kind of go back because I'm, I'm thinking that <sighs> you didn't start off that way like in your own Christian Jesus experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and want to hear a bit of your backstory because any time people listen to this, you know, the podcast or listen on the radio, you know, we're always like, now we're here doing all these great things. Right, And we've right. kind of got and we're inspired and we're looking at scriptures different. I mean, people okay. say that all the time. Right. Meanwhile, it took me years and years, decades yeah. to get to where oh, I'm at. And our church is still doesn't have it together. <laughs> like people come all the time. They're like, this is not going. You're like, I know, I know. We're figuring it out. But yeah. But yeah, where have we come from? Um, where so, did you come from? Like, so where, I was raised Lutheran. Okay. Uh, raised in the city of Hamilton, mm-hmm. which is still my city. I was out in the suburbs. Now we're downtown. That's about the change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was raised Lutheran in this very, you know, small but very, like, communal Lutheran church. That's very much a part of the experience because it wasn't this big flashy thing. Yeah. And Lutherans don't know how to be flashy when they try. Like, no. there's no smoke <laughs> machines. There's incense. That's all <laughs> you get. Yeah. Um, so uh, my uncle was the pastor. So I didn't quite have pastor kid issues, but I had pastor nephew issues, which okay. y- you might be okay. Pastor's kids are kind of hopeless. Sorry. <laughs> my daughter's going to yeah. have all sorts of stuff. Uh, and, and I didn't know any other Christians until I was like 16, 17 years old. So wow. it was like me, my sister, my cousins, a couple of other kids that came through the youth group. We had confirmation class, but post-confirmation class, after you like dedicate yourself to the Lord forever and ever, and you receive first communion, then you're gone. Oh, like, then that's it. That's like kind of okay. it. Like people would make these commitments of like, and now I'm a Christian, I confirm my faith, and we never see them again. <laughs> Thank um, you, and we're out. Yeah, yeah. like because it just it was it's kind of a culturally strange experience. Mm-hmm. The Lutheran Church can be a little culturally strange. I love the Lutheran Church now, though. Uh, so I was raised in this, and when I was like 16, 17, I met some young, cute girls who were Christians, Mm -hmm. and I was like, what? There are other Christians? I was so confused. Really? Yeah, like, I I remember (laughs) once, do you know the band Five Iron Frenzy? Yes. They're like a Christian ska band. I like ska music, so I just happened to listen to Five Iron Frenzy once, and they said like, Jesus, in one of their songs with the trumpet, and I was like, Jesus? What? And I ran into my parents' room, and I was like, they're talking about (laughs) Jesus! I didn't know that So you were that sheltered. Well, like, actually, I was not sheltered because I, mean, I was in the real, real world. world. But you were like, okay. I was sheltered from the Christian bubble. Uh, I didn't know there was Christian music. I didn't know wow. there was a... When I found out that America was a whole country of people who just say they're Christians, uh-huh. it blew my freaking mind. Really? I was just like, what do you mean there's a whole political party that says it's Christian? I thought there were nine of us. Like, I was just... I, was, I went to public That's school. Awesome. I didn't know. When I found there was Christian school, I was like, they have their own school? I just couldn't fathom this stuff. So when I met these girls and they were cute, I was like, whoa, and you're Christians. That's like me. And then they were like, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? I was like, I have catechism. Like I'm... I'm fine. Yeah. But that was kind of my, my front door in was one of these cute girls. Okay. She yes. invited me to, to youth. She came to my door and said, will you go come to youth group? And I was like, I'll go to hell for you. Like, I'll go anywhere. 
How and like we said, God can use be? anyone, Kevin. Anyone. God can use anyone. And and mostly he's in my life when at that age he used free pizza and girls. Girls. Yeah. Mostly. But yeah. but then God kinda he did the bait and switch. Are you familiar with the God uh, bait and switch? Yeah, bait it's and like switch. cute girl, cute girl, cute girl. Jesus. And you're like, no, that's not a Shoot. cute girl at all. No, that's I wanted the her Lord. no, right. Yeah, yeah. So then it was, oh, the Lord and, and that's <laughs> How God grabbed a hold of my life. Wow. Yeah. So then. Uh, so it's 17, 18. I was, I was 17, 17 when I started going to youth group. Okay. 18 when this became quite real. I ended wow. up going to a Christian university. Okay. Where I assumed nobody would, you know, drink or have sex or do any of those things that people do at heathen no. schools. No. And that of was my not. first experience with, wait, there are people that say they're Christians and they don't care? There was just, <laughs> not going to name the school. And <laughs> not everyone, just people are young. They're sorting stuff yeah, out. But right. I was coming from this other direction where. Yeah. This wasn't a part of my cultural upbringing. Um, my, my parents had a very genuine faith, but that's kind of, there wasn't yeah. a, a bubble for me. So yeah, that that there was a long process. I, I dropped out. I worked the night shift at Tim Hortons. I ended up getting fired from the night shift at Tim Hortons. There's a whole journey I won't take you on. Okay. Through all of this, God dragged my butt into pastoring. This long, Crazy. dumb story where God essentially said, would you stop fighting the things I've clearly given you to do and the gifts I've given you? Did would you, you want to be a pastor? No. It was part of my salvation wow. prayer. I said, when I was a kid, my everyone would always say, that Kevin asks good questions. He'll be a pastor. And I was like, no, no. I won't. Uh-huh. And then when I when I prayed and said, Jesus, I'll follow you, I was like, I'll follow you anywhere but pastoring. And um, look what happens. And then you go, you know, you go through your own little personal hell. And yeah. then you end up saying, Wow. All right, God, let's give this a shot. So there was a commitment I made to God at that time. I remember this. Mm-hmm. I was 18. And it was at night. We didn't have cell phones back then, so you couldn't, like, text at night when you were in bed. No. So in bed or the cell just... phones were this big. Yeah, the yeah, size of yeah. half my body. Yeah. Yeah. So you would just lay in bed, and that's when God could get you if you were hyperactive <laughs> like me. And so God was like, are you done running? And I was like, ah. And I, I made this vow to God. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not qualified for anything. Clearly, I got fired from the night shift. Maybe because um, you didn't make double doubles right. I was No, I was a bad. Okay. I just wasn't. I was, a, I was a dumb kid. I okay. didn't know how to be disciplined yet. Um, you know, and I was like, I don't know where I'm going in this. I don't know how to do anything I feel you're calling me to. But I made this vow. I said, if, 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 I sh- if you promise to do everything else, I'll show up. I'll show up every time. I'll keep showing up. But you have to literally take care of everything else because I'm useless. And that's literally, like, I don't say this again to be cute. That's been how we've rolled. I've shown, showed up in my undergrad, showed up at master's, showed up uh, at the first church I interned at, showed up when we church planted. And we just keep showing up and saying, hmm. if we show up, God will take care of this. And God has taken care of this. And it's been tough. And there have been seasons that have been difficult. And I was bivocational for 10 years working another job. Like it's not been an easy road, Mm -hmm. but it's been a very rewarding road. And God's been there every time. When we step out, take the next step, he said like, welcome to the next step. Now watch what I'll do. I love that about him. Yeah. You know, you as a pastor and and as when I was watching your holy shift, the one man show, um, which was really funny and thoughtful and disturbing, and mm. I learned a lot. Where does that come from? I mean, where did that sort of passion to to share that way? Because not everybody can just stand up for sixty minutes and or an hour. Yeah, an sure. hour and three point forty two minutes and seconds. I know somebody was paying attention. I was. There's a quiz at and, the end of the show. <laughs> if you don't know that, that's where. This and comes like from. speak about scriptures, and and yet be inspiring and interesting to. to Capture the imagination of people. But you you really have to because you look on YouTube and you're like, man, there's so much content. There's so much competition like we talked about to get your attention. Yeah. And how do you share about the Bible and about Jesus in a way that captures a millennial, 
you know, interest or even, mm-hmm. you know, Gen Y and, and even some people like boomers who are sort of like, I'm done with it or Gen, you know what I mean? It's yeah. where, what has happened to you or with you to kind of get to that place? Why? Mm. why? And, and is it tough? Um, or every time you open the Bible, it's like, man, that's inspiring. I need to just share that. That's good stuff. Oh, I mean, I'm, I, I'm so indebted to other people. Okay. Um, nothing I say in this show is, is my thought. Like, this is all, I've got a reading list on my website. If you go there, there's a list of other people people. you can read. Because I'm not a scholar. I'm not brilliant. Uh, I had very good professors. And I had some very good reading since then and people that have inspired me. So Mm -hmm. um, my passion is trying to take things that you could find if you were very resourceful and if you're willing to go to Amazon and spend 25 bucks or 70 bucks on a resource book and (laughs) get it mailed over and it's a huge (laughs) package and you got to read through a thousand pages. Like, if you want to do that, more power to you. You'll end up being way smarter than I am. Um, but I can read some of these things. Then I can say, all right, how do we make this accessible? And accessibility is really, I'm, I'm an evangelist. If, mm-hmm. Again, if you're into churchy language like that, I love helping people that have not been raised in the church or left the church and saying, hey, how do we, how do we meet in this? And how do we bridge the gap between the, sacu- the, the sacred and the secular? Mm-hmm. How do we bridge the gap between people that are on the, the inside of the out- or the outside of the church that, mm-hmm. that are kind of finding themselves in the margins? Yeah. Um, and so sermons, you know, is kind of how I started doing this. And I could share these ideas. And then some of these ideas would really resonate, like the idea behind Holy Shift. And I'd speak at youth camps and young adults conferences. And, and people would say, tell us again about that, that movement thing. Yeah. And uh, I was talking with my wife saying, you know, I think I want to take this idea of a sermon somewhere on the road. Like, I don't want to just do this in churches because you'll get certain people at churches. But what if we did this in bars? Mm -hmm. What if we did this where you'd go see a theater show, where you'd go see a rock show? And and what if, could we pull out different people and engage with different people with just the the setting of you're in a bar, you've got a beer, it's a bit darker, it's at night, there's no kids because kids just make church so much more complicated. God bless our (laughs) lovely kids. You know, could could we do something that's a little more accessible and, mm-hmm. and maybe a little more interesting. So that was kind of the idea. And, and Meg said, why don't you do that thing that people are always bugging you to talk about that, you know, you stole off your professors that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's not new stuff, but it's new to a lot of people. And so that was where this idea started churning. And uh, for me, getting in front of people and talking is incredibly life-giving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I said, emails, not so much. Yeah. So so we all <laughs> Administration, have... Administration, yeah, not so much. There, there are gifts, strengths, weaknesses, things that give life and take life from lots of different people. For yeah. me to get up in front of a bunch of people and, and talk for 90 minutes and, and then engage with them. You know, I leave more jazz than I came in. Yeah. So uh, this was kind of just a faithful outstretching of some of the things that give me life. And uh, as we did this and people said, no, that was really helpful for me. It was like, oh, I think we're maybe onto something here. Do you feel people are really open? Like, I mean, the way you you communicate, it's really accessible. It's easy, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not so – there are people, and and there are times where I listen to somebody who's really high up academically, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's that's pushing me. It's stretching me. i got to look up some of the words that he's saying. Um, Those are very smart people. Yeah, (laughs) they are. But are you finding people, like Christian or not, that are really – open. Yeah, yeah, I am. And my hope with the show was that I I showed it to non-Christians. When we did it on the road, we invited non-Christians and said, will you come watch it and give us feedback? And when it was done, before we put it online, we screened it and made sure that there were some non-Christians there and and said, you know, if this is good news, it should be good news for you. Yeah. Um, Now, you might not accept all the good news in this, but if the gospel isn't presenting, you know, a, a version of good news, that's what gospel means, then then why would anyone care? So the hope was that anyone could watch this and engage at some deeper level with the ideas of Christianity, so um, whether or not they're Christians. And we did find that. 
Um, and we wanted it to feel like as effortless as sitting down to watch a comedy show or a one-man show or like Stuart McLean yeah. when you'd go in the Vinyl Cafe oh, and you'd Cafe, sit down and you'd just McLean. say, you'd say, there's something homey about this. And it sucks that people go to church and sometimes they're like, it wasn't homey. He was angry and he yelled a bunch and it looked like he didn't believe any good mm -hmm. news. He looked very stressed. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, yes. and, and, and not to pick on anyone, I'm, I'm not picking on anyone in particular and I've been that pastor because mm -hmm. being in a church, you know, that can be a lot of work. But can we make a space where you come and you sit down and it feels like you're just sitting down with some friends and you're working through the biggest things? Because yeah. we don't know how to have these big conversations anymore. Now, like, we used to talk about God and goddesses and religion and tradition and ritual. These were like the height of human civilization, the height of conversation for so long. And now it's Netflix. Like, that's the height of our conversation. Have you seen that have new show? Seen, yeah. Have you seen Scandal? Have you seen Scandal? Suits. I haven't yeah. seen either. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My we'll wife talk about that after. Both. That's the after but show. That's like, that's as much as we know how to talk about it at a dinner table. Yeah. I'm just sick of not talking about this yeah. real stuff. And I don't care if you agree or not. I'm not here to prove something to you. I just want to share what gets me up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I want to share what saved my own soul. And I want to hear how you feel about that afterwards. So this tour was so like good. such a great experiment for that. So good. And you're going to keep doing it? Yeah. Well, not Holy Shift. Holy Shift is retired. Yeah, yep. And it's gone. It's just online. Just like the podcast. Just like the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's done. It's, it's uh, on YouTube. Yeah, it's I'm on sure YouTube. I'm sure it will live forever. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start working on the next tour. Amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm finishing up a book, which, hey, if anyone listening there wants to publish this book, we're working wow. on this. And, and the book is about... Uh, it's about the fact that the church is failing, <laughs> like according to every metric we can find. <laughs> yeah. And about how uh, we had this community that said, what if we tried some things differently? Stuff we're talking about right now. What if we Amazing. tried some different stuff and, and would we find that actually the church still has a lot of life left in it? So we're gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna start working on that. My friend and I are working on some more videos. It's so good. I love your videos. Thank you. I really. You know what? Nine minutes ish, and the topics too. Like I was looking through them. Hashtag Me Too Church Two. Mm. Really good. Great that you addressed it. Are addressing that mm. because it seems like people just are skirting, especially in the church, just skirting away from it because of it's a whole host of reasons. It's yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, well, and because the church is caught up in it. Yes, exactly. I mean, if and start. If, yeah, if you start doing that, it might expose them and a whole bunch of other things. I think the other one I liked was. Real reason millennials don't go to church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was good. And, you know, the pros and cons of living in community. Mm -hmm. um, you even talk about LGBTQ. Yeah, You know, yeah. community. Like, there's so many good things that so many, I would say, Christians are too afraid to talk about mm -hmm. publicly or even yeah. have conversation about. And you're opening that up to people, giving people permission yeah. to listen to watch, to kind of take it in, process, and and start conversation. That's what it, that's yeah. what it I mean, should be about, let's right? Let's be honest. Yeah. Like my goodness, honesty is is a high value for Christians. Everything will come into the light yeah. eventually. Let's bring it into the light now, and and let's not be afraid of what we might find when we put the light on something. Let's yeah. deal with what we've got. So if there's abuse in the church, let's shine the light on it. Let's confront it. Let's deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so it helps to have a community that is so supportive. Like I talked about, how much I love my church. Mm -hmm. They are cheerleaders of these kinds of projects. I mean, the millennial so video, I go to a party that is hosted by someone <laughs> at our church, one of the elders at our church, and interview people, some from our church, some just friends of ours from mm -hmm. the community. And I ask them, why Why do you or don't you go to church? You know, the, the housemate video is shot in three different houses that are houses from our church that live in community. So um, great. And the Church 2 video that I just put out last week, mm -hmm. we preached on hashtag me too. Um, I preached on it two weeks ago, and as part of the sermon, I said... 
am I missing anything? You know, are there blind spots I've got here? I, mm-hmm. I come from a certain background. And we had uh, men and women uh, put their hand up and give commentary and say, hey, don't miss this in it. So when I, when I talk in that video, you might just see my face, but I'm really also carrying with me the voices of a community. And it's not that everyone's signing off on it. I don't want everyone, anyone at Eucharist to feel like I am, I am Eucharist or Eucharist is me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I should be representing to some degree this voice, and I should be saying things that fit within this experience we've had around these topics of community or, or sexuality or abuse, you know, that these are things we have to talk about. And I'm grateful to have a community that not only has my back, but that helps work out these difficult topics. Yeah. Together. That's really special. I think more communities and churches need to do that. Mm-hmm. I feel I, like yeah. there's so many people do a lot of these things in isolation or they do like part of the church and I do my own thing. Right, it sounds right. like you're very much together in this. I love that. Yeah, I, I mean, we don't great. stamp things I make like this list, Eucharist yeah. Church, because it's important for people to know I'm not Eucharist, right? Like mm-hmm. we have people in Eucharist that own it just as much as I do, yeah. uh, including other staff. And we have people in our church who are lay pastors that own this body. So I'm happy to be someone who shares what we've experienced, but they're not, I'm not speaking for all of them. Yeah. You know, they're their own people, but they're very supportive. And so there's this neat relationship. Yeah, we've been it able really to craft is. It's out. special. It's really cool. And, and I think a lot of churches probably do this kind of stuff in, in other ways. Um, it just so happens that the way we're doing it is, is a little more public, Yeah, <laughs> which has pros and cons. Yeah. Kevin, as we finish up the show, yeah. uh, for somebody that's, you know, thinking about Jesus, not there, searching for mm-hmm. truth, what would you say to them? You know, what, because I'm getting, you know, a lot of people, you know, open to spiritual things, yeah. wondering if, you know, Jesus is who he is, and mm-hmm. just looking. And I feel like even more so the people that I'm meeting everywhere I go are in this searching mode, yeah. looking for truth and hope and fulfillment. Yeah. What would you say to someone that's in that yeah. space? I would say... The first thing that that person needs to know is that they are valued and loved by by God, if they can go to God, by, by the highest value they can imagine in the universe, by the highest moral goodness, by the highest form of love. That's what I refer to as God, mm. that God already mm. loves them. God doesn't love them if they find the right answer. God doesn't love them if they do their best. God loves them as they are. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking like, I don't know what I think about God. I don't know what I think about church. I don't know what I think about life and faith. And I don't know what I think about myself. You're loved. Like You've got to know that. Same. There's so much love bent towards you as you are. And the journey to go deeper in our faith with God, to join uh, a, a tradition like, like the Christian path, to join that path, be part of the story, that's awesome. But that's just discovering what's already yours. That's not earning anything. Mm-hmm. That's the Lutheran in me. That's, mm-hmm. that's important Lutheran theology and very important for people to know. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it's just how can I be good enough that God will love me? Yeah. Good enough that I'm his son. Good enough that I'm his daughter. No, no, no. You're already. You're already. That's a- so and sweet. you can now discover things that God's already claimed for you. And, and I would then say if you want to discover those things, Try to find some people to journey with you on it. You yeah. can't do it alone. Yeah. Find some people you trust. Find some people that you see fruit in their life. That you see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. If you've got somebody around you who's got that fruit and they've discovered something in God or in Christ, uh, just sit down with them and say, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. Will you journey with me on this? Because you can't do it alone. Beautiful. 
Thank you. Kevin, um, we could have had you here the whole week. Well, maybe we'll, we'll have to we'll do, have maybe to we'll do, maybe out. we'll do an hour, three minutes and 42 second, two man woman show. There sometime. it is. Exactly. <laughs> and I think you've got to come down to Hamilton and, totally. and get tacos I would love with me to. or something oh, and hang out. I would love to. How yeah. can people find you? Uh, you can go to Eucharist, yeah, no, me. Yes. You can go to Eucharist Church <laughs> if you want to. If you want to help us, uh, you know, <laughs> donate now. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, you can go to kevinmakins.com. Yeah. And that's my website where all these kind of projects are listed. Right yep. now, Holy Shift is spotlighted on there. You can also go to youtube.com slash Kevin Makins or okay. type Kevin Makins in YouTube. That's a list of the videos. You can add me on Instagram or uh, Facebook. Everywhere. Same tags, Kevin Makins. <laughs> and I have a Patreon. So if you dig this work, uh, I am very insistent my church not pay for these projects because we have local ministry to do that our money goes to. Yeah. So if you believe in these projects and you're not a part of our church, you can throw two bucks a month at me and that helps hmm. me cover these costs. So Amazing. Is that shameless? That was kind of no, gross. No, you know what? I'm that all for that. That was kind of gross. It was a little shameless plug, a little but shameless. it's okay. I'll just cut that at the end. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Kevin Mickens, a pleasure to have you. It and we'll definitely have out. to have you come back again. So thanks for being with me. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Nice. That was awesome. That you covered a lot. So what did you think of our story this week? Let me know in the comments below or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find all our past episodes online at faithstrongtoday.com slash your story. 